All right, so if you guys have your Bibles, please open them up. We will be in Romans chapter 7. We're going to start from verse 14. We're going to get into, God willing, chapter 8 today. But we're going to start our reading to pick up at verse 14 because it's one continual flow. Romans chapter 7. So please stand with me if you're able to. We're going to start reading from Romans 7 at verse 14. Romans 7 at verse 14. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members." O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. In chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, oh Lord, thank you for your glorious word. Thank you, Lord, for this this book, this Bible, even this version, this translation that we call the Thomas Nelson New King James Version Bible. We know that as born-again Christians, we are in Christ Jesus, in Messiah Jesus. Oh, but Lord, help us. We pray that you would heal us, that you would stir within us, you do a, a new work within us today, God, that if anybody here is, whether someone here present or someone listening, is condemning themselves, God, that they would stop, that we would cry out to you for your empowerment in the Spirit. As you tell us here in Romans 8, verse 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So we ask and pray, Father, can you please help us to walk according to your Holy Spirit? Help us to be led by your Spirit. Help us to not try to forge our own path in the flesh, but to simply surrender to you and your work. I know that you're doing a work within each and every one of our hearts and minds today, Lord. Have your way with us. We surrender to you. We confess our sins to you. We turn away from our sins. We want to turn to following you. Renew us, restore us, for we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you. You guys could have a seat if you would. So today, I'm going to ask you to be a rebel. 
what? We'll get to the context of it. But I'm going to ask you to rebel. Not against God, not against the church, not against me, but against your flesh. God is asking you to. As we pick up here in this book of Romans, the last time you guys might recall, I suggested to the daring, to the adventurous, to take out your pen and to circle all the personal pronouns that Paul had. You guys remember that? Anybody do that, by the way? Some of you guys did. Praise God. I'm going to show you a picture, actually, of what I did. This was my Bible here, this one right here. So I, I wanted you guys to circle the personal pronouns here, and you see on the display here of what I actually did. And in chapter 8 now, in verse 1, Paul realized that he was condemning himself. Now, this is why we wanted to pick up today with tapping into the past of what we already looked at and already taught through in Romans chapter 7 from verse 14 and on. So as you see here on the display, Romans 7, 14 and 25 can help to illustrate what we call that internal battle, that daily dilemma, right, of what we call the flesh versus spirit battle. Anybody struggle with that? Anybody deal with that on a daily basis? True. Truth is, that's one of the ways that you can tell that you're saved because you got the spirit of God living within you, but then you're traumatized, right? It's like, what do I do, God? I need to mature. So for the daring, we asked you last time, you could do it today even. If it's the Pew Bible, don't write in the Pew Bible, but if it's your own personal Bible, circle the pronouns. I, I even did that in red, like you see on the display. But circle the pronouns that Paul used to refer to himself in Romans 7, verses 14 to 25. And we looked at the Christian solution, just kind of recapping. Paul comes to the end of himself. Look at this again in chapter 7, verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. For a gal, oh, wretched woman that I am. You got to see your own wretchedness. And you got to see your own wretchedness, wretchedness, sorry, can't pronounce that, as God's spirit will reveal to you. Because he'll rightly and righteously judge you. And when you see how wretched you are because he lives within you, you got to get to verse 25 and get out of what we call that Romans 7 loop. I got a hamster at home and her name's Goldie. <laughs> Cute little, I think they call it a Syrian hamster, a, a teddy bear hamster. A little chubby guy or a little chubby girl. She was really cute. <laughs> before she left, before we left, she was like climbing on the, you know, the, the cage. Looking at, like, oh, look, she's looking at me. She's like begging. <laughs> she's so adorable. But at nighttime, if anybody ever have a hamster? Okay, a couple of you guys did. A bunch of you did. At nighttime, what do you tend to hear in the hamster cage? Yeah. Get the hamster wheel. <laughs> so you and I got to get off of that Romans 7 hamster wheel, so to speak. How do I get away from that dilemma, right? that daily dilemma, the hamster wheel of life, where I expend all my energy and I go, God, I'm willing to follow you, but how to, I don't know how to do it. I always mess up. I always fail. And this is that Romans 7 loop. Okay, you're on the maybe the treadmill of life, if you want to look at it that way, if you're into sports. But the comical way I look at it for myself is kind of like my hamster at home, on that hamster wheel. And by the way, if you put the hamster wheel too close to the cage, you hear a thunk, 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 thunk. Sometimes 
And I'm in the other room. Sometimes it actually wakes me up. And I'm just reminded. Sometimes I'll look at it in a joking way to kind of look at it positively. You know, you don't want to be woken up in your sleep. I was like, oh, Lord, thank you for that reminder. <laughs> that maybe I'm on the hamster wheel of life. You spend all your energy. You get off and you realize, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> right? Spend all my energy. So the Christian solution, we looked at it before. It's not a program. It's a person. Okay, It's not a how, but it's a who? Oh, how cute. Oh, very adorable. By the way, it's Wendy's birthday today. Happy birthday. And Tony Jr. Tony Jr. and the other. Tony Jr.'s birthday is tomorrow. Very cute. So the solution for the Christian is not a program. It's a person. Amen? What's his name? Jesus. Okay? It's the Messiah. The solution for every Christian is a person. It's not a program. It's, it's not me. Definitely not me. It's no one human living on the earth right now. It's Christ Jesus. Him alone. The solution is a person. Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at this again in verse 25 after asking the question, who? Okay, so he asked the right question. It's a who. The question is a who. Who will deliver me from this body of death? The solution, I thank God, verse 25, you can even read it here. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul looked out of himself. You look within. If you're like me, you look within. The power is not within you. There's a bunch of liars making a lot of money off of that today. You look in long enough, you become like I and everybody else do. You get depressed. Why? Because he just taught us in this chapter... In me, does my flesh dwells what? Nothing. No, no good thing. And Jesus even said, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. In Espanol, nada. Right? You can do nothing apart from Jesus. Nothing of eternal benefit. Nothing that God would see or deem as good, godly, or righteous. So he asks this question. And then the solution, I thank God, verse 25, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then... With the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And then we must flow into the very next verse. Chapter 8, verse 1. Paul realized he was condemning himself. Now understand this, because many times we as Christians, myself included, especially young Christians, this, this would happen for me and every single born-again Christian goes through this. You get saved, God comes to live, abide reside, dwell within you. And now your spirit is alive because you're born again. And his spirit comes to live within you. And his job is to convict the world of what? Sin, righteousness, and judgment. So no matter where you go, even during your dream state, he's convicting your heart, right? He lives within you. You can't tell him to shut up. You could try, but the Holy Ghost will keep preaching to your heart. Way better preaching than I can ever do. And as he lives within the born-again, spirit-filled Christian, he's going to minister to you, whisper to you, some would say, speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants you to be spirit-led, no longer self-led, right? Because now you've got a new life, a new beginning, a new hope, and it's in Christ Jesus. So as you go through this Romans 7 loop, the treadmill of life, the hamster wheel of life like I've been on, and I go through this at times. Oh, Lord, I'm going through it again. 
I'm on that hamster wheel again. And he reminds me. I look at my little hamster. I'm like, is that me? Sometimes I'm still going through that. I'm going through life in the power and strength of what? Self, the flesh. I got my goals, my dreams, my desires. But the Spirit of God many times is antithetically opposed, right? To your will, to my will. So we go through this thing and what we want to know is it's not the devil that's condemning you. The born-again Christian cannot be condemned by the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. He'll whisper lies to you. He's, he's going to try to condemn you before the throne of God. But praise God that one way to look at it through the, the language, Jesus, what is he? He's your advocate. He's like your defense attorney. He's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> I love that. He answers for you. You don't go talking to the devil. You don't go rebuking the devil. That's nowhere in the Bible. The first time someone talked with the devil, who was that? And where was that? Adam and Eve. Eve had a conversation with the devil. Guess what the devil's wanting you to do? Even getting you into doctrinal debates. Oh, let's talk about the Bible. He'll quote the scriptures, won't he? But the father of lies, he could never quote scripture in its context. This is why you and I must know and study and understand God's word within context. Because the devil will quote scripture. And he's going to be there to deceive and confuse you. He tried with Eve. It worked. He tried with Jesus. didn't work. Okay, And so you and I must understand these things. So you might sit there and go, oh, Lord, the devil's condemning me. It could be that you are following the flesh, your desire, your will. Very, very common with Christians. Okay, And especially for, for us as new Christians, we got to go through this. You're kind of on that hamster wheel. You're, you're still trying to do things as you did, but you're doing them. Now you're trying to be holy or do things godly or righteous for God, but you forgot someone, God. <laughs> He's the one that equips you to do works of righteousness, holiness, etc., you got to do it through his strength, his empowerment, right? And as we go through these, these things, these, you know, the hamster wheel of life, so to speak, you might feel condemned. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because for every true born-again Christian, you will go through this. I know, and I still go through this every now and then. And I got reminded, oh, Lord, just like Paul's pronouns here, they're all basically me, myself, and I. The unholy trinity of stupidity, right? And Paul had to realize, if I am only looking at self, asking why I can't do this and the how, I'm going to be what? Self-condemned. And now we go into what we call chapter 8, verse 1. Remember, in the original scroll that Paul wrote that we call Romans, there were no chapter number or verse number breaks. It was just one scroll. That's why you get to verse 1 in chapter 8. It says, there is therefore. What's the therefore? Therefore, because of what I just said. So that's the context and flow. So because of what was just taught, that the answer to the scriptural solution is with the Messiah, not with self, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And notice I have quoted here in the Thomas Nelson New King James Version Bible in English. And I'm going to show you a couple of the other ones just for comparison and analysis. There's a comma after Jesus, isn't there? What does it say? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So Paul had to realize that he was condemning himself. You and I call this self-condemnation. It's going to happen with the Christian. 
In fact, you will find that so many Christians, including myself, would what we call backslide or walk away from God and Jesus and the Bible and kind of give you that the reason why. Oh, I've been there, done I tried this thing. I can't do that. And they give up. Why? Because they tried to walk after Jesus and serve Jesus in the power of flesh, self. But not according, look at verse 1, but not according to the Spirit. So Paul had to realize, like he says in verse 18 in chapter 7, he says, in my flesh nothing, what? Good dwells. And then verse 19, Paul teaches us he wasn't able to do, quote, the good that he was willing to do. You have to get to the end of yourself. Make sense? You have to get... I'm I'm speaking to the Christian. For the non-Christian, then this is not going to make sense to you. You're going to be thinking, this this guy sounds like a looney tune. You've got to put him in a straitjacket and throw him in the rubber room. Because he's talking about talking to himself and hearing voices from God and and this internal deliberation. is like, what I know I should do, I end up not doing. And what I shouldn't do, I end up doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. He sounds kind of crazy. But no, this is actually what goes on within the heart and life of every born-again Christian. So Paul had to realize, look at verse 19, that the good that he was willing to do, he wasn't able to do. So there's hope for you, Christian. And the hope is this, that you need to surrender for salvation and you need to surrender for sanctification where God is daily continually trying to set you apart for his usage his glory etc whatever God wants you to do you must do it through the strength and power that God gives you you cannot do it in your own strength and power and we don't have time to go around the room and have people illustrate it because we'd be here for maybe a year or so right this is how it is for all of us so he says, the evil that he didn't want to do, that I practice, he says. Isn't that what it says in your Bible? That I practice, verse 19. The evil I will not to do, that I practice. What is going on? So then Paul comes to the conclusion in chapter 8, verse 1. This is why it's there. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The question is, are you in Christ Jesus? If you're born again, You've been given a new life. You now are in Christ Jesus. And as we already looked, that's why we've got to study the context and flow of this book. We've already looked at previous chapters that you are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. It's just if I'd never sinned. And yet what happens with a Christian, I need to understand that it's, through his justification of me in my life, my walk, and he attributes to my account his godliness, his righteousness. But the way that he looks at me is justified, never sin. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's like the world's greatest offer, right? Salvation, it is. And I have to realize that so that when I'm going through chapter 7 in my walk, I'm going to be condemning myself. And I know that many backslide or walk away because that was me. In fact, has that been anybody here before? That happens, right? The person's like, oh, forget this. I can't do this Christian thing. Maybe you can. What do I got to do? Set the alarm clock and wake up 4 a.m. every morning and pray on my knees until 8 a.m. and then get up and fast and not eat breakfast? I can't do this thing. And so we set up rules and regulations 
and we're thinking that it's a bar that we have to attain to, like we're doing pole vaulting or something. <laughs> you got to jump that high. <laughs> you know, I got to better my vertical leap. And when I could do good, then God's going to accept me. That's legalism. And our flesh will do that to ourselves. So what does he get to here in verse 1? He comes to the conclusion. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Ah, look at the caveat after the comma. Can we read this together? If you're seeing this here on the screen, after the comma, after it says Jesus, let's read this together. One, two, three. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Oh, you guys did good. Can we do that again? You guys can come in. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You guys can come in. Awesome. Glad you joined us. So the condemnation, please understand, this is not the devil condemning you. This is you condemning you. And you need to know that this is what the Bible teaches because many of us, including myself, when you're going through this, you're trying to follow Jesus, you're trying to do what you believe he's asking you to do, but you're doing it in the strength of self, of flesh, of your own willpower. It's going to fail. At some point, it's going to fail. Why? Because you're human and you can't do these things of righteousness. He's going to command you to do these things. But it's only that he can equip you, that you and I would cry out to him, not just for salvation, but for sanctification. God, you're asking me to do good works now. You're asking me simply to follow you, to read your work as a spiritual food, to talk to you and confess my sins to you. These are all spiritual, holy things that he wants us to do. But I need to do this through the strength of the spirit. So today we're talking about walking in the spirit. And if you want to continue to do things in the strength of the flesh, guess what you're going to continue to do? Condemn yourself. Has anybody been there? This might minister to someone. My guess is because we all go through this, this is probably ministering to more than one person right here and now. Okay, so this is why we must study God's word within the context. So as Paul comes to the conclusion in Romans 8 verse 1, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're already saved, you have His Spirit living within you. He's going to point out the sin, isn't He? More than before. He's going to point out the right versus wrong. And you're going to get to a certain point, a place in your walk, that you're either going to graduate into, ah, it's still all about grace. Or you're going to get burned out and bummed out and drop out and then walk out. I've been there before, actually a couple of times. This is why I have a heart for this. So in verse 1, a couple of things here as we get into this. Chapter 8, verse 1, which is displayed here on the screen. That word for walk, it indicates how you live. Hey, guys, this is your choices in life. The choices that you might choose to do. So your walk refers simply to your choices in life. Uh, and by the way, as we get to this, just looking at contextually, as we covered before, in your Bibles, everybody have their Bible? Whether it's a digital Bible or a physical Bible, lift, lift up your sword, church. If you need one, anybody need one? We, we can get you one, okay? 
Uh, you can borrow one here. You have Santa Biblia también, right? If you need one in Espanol. Lift up your sword. Okay? Can we get, can we get another one? Okay, awesome. Anybody else need a Bible? Okay, so this is a few Bibles. If you guys, if anybody needs a Bible, you need your own Bible, we'll, we'll gift one to you. We'll give you one. So I want you to do a Romans 8 verse 1 spot check. Because it's asked many times, like, what's the best translation Bible? What's the best Bible? Uh, the quick answer, the one that you read. <laughs> the one that you read. For in-depth Bible study and research, the reason why we want to choose out of the English language the Thomas Nelson New King James Version Bible, we're actually going to point to one of the many, many reasons why. It's Romans 8 verse 1. So I'm going to show you on the screen here some of the other translations. And keep in mind, I used to work for American Bible Society, reportedly the, you know, the world's largest Bible society or entity. Uh, but be aware that many other Bible translations will cut Romans 8 verse 1 in half. If you have an NIV Bible, this is on display here, or New American Standard. I like the New American Standard. I like the, the readability flow. I have one at home. Actually, I have many of these, the physical form as well. But the NIV and the New American Standard Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's it. The New Living Translation, also called the NLT, is here. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. The New Century Version or NCV says, so now there are those who are in Christ Jesus are not judged guilty. I put here in red. Why does it matter? Because Romans 8 verse 1 is the most familiar and friendly memory verses. Like who here has memorized this? I heard this before. You see, it's a Christian meme. You see it on bumper stickers, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff. And you'll tell yourself that as you're going through the Romans 7 loop, right? The hamster wheel of life with Christ. You're like, I feel condemned. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I know I'm saved, but I'm going crazy. So memorize this, if you can, out of the New King James Version Bible or even the King James Version Bible. And by the way, we are definitely not a King James only entity, okay? nor are we a New King James only entity. But in, for in-depth Bible study and research, I suggest, and our, our official Bible translation for teaching, preaching, and like I said, Bible study and research is the New King James Version Bible. So when you're picking up Bibles, do a Romans 8 verse 1 spot check. Why does it matter? This is one of the most familiar memory verses, but leaving out the solution. What's the solution? Walking in the Spirit may leave you self-condemned. For me, it didn't. It wasn't a may, it was a did. Because I memorized it, I think it was out of the NIV. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But man, God, every time you tell me to do this, there's something about it, man. Just because you say it, I want to go that way. You know, don't pick from that tree, he told Adam and Eve, right? Ah, God, don't look. <laughs> Your shoes are untied, God. You tell me to do this, I end up not doing that. You tell me to not do that, I end up doing that. Anybody feel me on that? Raise your hand if that's you. That's a born-again Christian. If you're not going through that, then you're probably not saved. Now what do you need to do? Confess your sins to, to the Lord. Ask Him for forgiveness. The fact that Christ Jesus died on the cross for your sins, for all your sins. Turn away from those sins. 
ask Him to forgive you and to come into your life. And then when He saves a person, He comes to live within them. And this is going to happen from day one, isn't it? You remember those times as soon as you got saved, God comes into your life and you're like, whoa, my eyes are radically open to stuff. I, I can't. I used to have a potty mouth. I used to be a DJ in a club and would play all those potty mouth songs and people would request those exact songs. I couldn't, after a while, I couldn't play those songs anymore. And it would kind of hurt. It still really hurts if I hear that song or someone says like the GD word or these kind of things. It kind of hurts, right? Or those potty mouth lyrics. Or you're, you're watching the Super Bowl even, right? Hint, hint. You're like, oh. <laughs> kind of hurts to hear those things now. Why? Because I'm not trying to be godly. You have the Holy Ghost living within you. He's trying to train you for what? Holiness. He's convicting you of sin, of righteousness and judgment. He's not going to leave you alone. You can't get away with it. So many times, if we remember or we try to memorize Romans 8 verse 1 as a memory verse, and it's out of one of these translations, like I got a second screen. I'm going to show you a bunch of other translations. There's a problem. What is that? The Christian's going to get to Romans 7 in their walk as, as like an analogy. You get to chapter 8, verse 1, and you're like, forget this. No wonder why so many Christians, this is one of the reasons why so many Christians are not mature. Because they get to chapter 8, verse 1, they want to serve God, that's chapter 12. They want to discover spiritual gifts and hear from the Lord and walk in the power, that's chapter 12. You and I got to get past chapter 8. Make sense? Amen? And what is that? That I would realize if I walk in the strength of my flesh, I'm going to be self-condemned. And there's no escaping because God lives within you. When you're sleeping, He ain't sleeping. He's visiting you in your dreams. He's like That's why when you wake up from a bad dream, you're like, oh man, that's really messed up. I got to confess my sins. <laughs> I was dreaming. Man. That ever happened to any of you guys? Right? And you're like, whoa, <laughs> cute. And so I need to realize that God lives within me as a born-again, spiritual Christian. So I'm, I'm displaying a couple other translations here on the screen. The International Standard Version says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in union with Christ Jesus. I don't like that one. That's a bad translation. Uh, the next one, American Standard Version. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Okay, period. But I'm condemned. So if you're reading this out of an American Standard Version and you're memorizing this because this is one of the most familiar memory verses and you're telling yourself, there's no condemnation. I know I'm in Christ Jesus, but why am I still condemned every day? Do I need to be better than Apostle Paul? No, he actually writes his autobiography in the chapter 7. We looked at all those eyes. I'm going through this. So what he might say to us. Even the English Standard Version, that's a familiar one with a lot of Calvinists and those in Reformed theology. Not us. Okay? Not the best translation. It's not a literal word-for-word translation from the scratch like how the New King James Version is. Okay? Not one of the world's best translations. They love it, though, because it's tweaked for their theology. Guys like John Piper and others worked on the translation committee. No wonder why they promote it. Why does this matter? Because Romans 8, verse 1 is memorized many times by you. Who here knew that before you came here today? You already memorized this. Raise your hand if you heard of this. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And for those of you that even knew that, how many of you also know that you went through that Romans 7 loop where you're condemning yourself? Is that anybody else? 
Okay, raise your hand, would you? Look how ubiquitous this is. The reason why I want to tell you this is because we have to get through this. We have to know this. Unless God willing, lovingly help and encourage each other with this and through this. So you can get out of that Romans 7 loop, as we might call it. And you get into chapter 8. So the solution and the focus in chapter 8, what's, what is it? Notice it says here again, the caveat. Let's go back to the New King James Version Bible. Hopefully this is the translation that you have in your hand. Here's the solution. Walking in the Spirit, not after the flesh. You want to be Spirit-led. The born-again Christian has the Spirit of God living within you. He's already preaching to you 24-7. Don't do this. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that, Drew. <laughs> do this. Do this. And you're going you're gonna to fail if you do it in the strength of your flesh. So he's going to tell you, he's going to command you, and he's going to keep you accountable too. This is where if you and I don't know that that exists within the heart and life of being a Christian, born again, but spirit-filled Christian, your walk's only going to get so far. You're never going to mature. So we have to realize, you designed this that I would get saved only through Jesus Christ, and then I would walk with you only through Jesus Christ. It's the same answer for both, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The answer really for everything in life. So ladies and gentlemen, it comes down to this. In order to be pleasing to God, like I opened up, he's asking you to rebel. Not against him, not against his word. That would be sin. Rebel against your flesh. To obey God's spirit, you must rebel against your flesh. That's what you got to do. So there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, that are born again Christians. But the solution to get off that hamster wheel, so to speak, of Romans chapter 7 is to walk according to the Spirit of God and not walk anymore according to the what? The flesh. Okay. So can we just put that to, to bed, put that to rest? That you got to obey God but rebel against your flesh. That's highly accurate, completely scriptural. This is why today... And even this Sunday, sadly, there's probably churches around the world that are trying to preach to people, telling them, hey, it's all about you. Uh, you need more money. Okay, <laughs> There's a church that actually wrote a The lead pastor wrote a book. I have it called You Need More Money. Like, Not hard to tell what the focus is. He's no longer a pastor, actually, of that organization. There's others that will say, your best life now. And Jesus says, deny self that I would embrace not my will, but whose will? The Father's will, like Jesus did. Nevertheless, he said, not my will, but your will be done. I need to deny self. Take up my cross. Luke 9, verse 23 says, how often? Daily. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So the Holy Spirit that comes to live within the born-again, spirit-filled Christian is going to want you to be led by him, led by the Spirit, Spirit Spirit-led. And in order to follow Jesus, the first thing that needs to happen is denying self. A lot of us, we don't want to do that. Your flesh is going to sit there and go, no, no, mommy, no, papi. Let's talk about this. Because in order for me to follow you or to follow, for you to follow Jesus, I have to die. Let's talk about this. Come on, it's not reasonable. Your flesh is going to talk you out of it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? No, do it tomorrow. You're too tired. Come on. 
One more. Come on, take another hit of that. Oh, my flesh used to preach that stuff. Okay, so the problems with the flesh, whether it's sins of sexual immorality, what do you need to do? Get off that hamster wheel. <laughs> Stop obeying your flesh. You've got to rebel against the flesh. No, crucify the flesh that you would obey the Lord. Drugs, alcohol, the parting lifestyle. Okay. Uh, I'm one that God delivered from that. Uh, again, not just going to a party, but promoting parties as a DJ, promoting clubs. And I, I can't believe that God rescued me. He didn't just, if it was me, I would think, let me smash this guy. <laughs> Let's use someone else. Because I was just radically being used by the devil and didn't know it. And was lying to myself. But I couldn't get away with what the Holy Spirit was convicting my heart greatly with. So if he could change me, I know he could change anybody. He could change you. Let's continue on. Verse 2. Here's what he says. This is Romans 8 verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, notice it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the what? To the Spirit. To the Spirit. So the question might be, so how can you tell if you're living according to the flesh? Notice in verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who, are live, who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So you and I need to set our minds on the things of the Spirit of God, of the Holy Spirit. If we're always and only setting our minds on the things of the flesh, the things of this temporary life, this earth, I'm trying to build up my kingdom. You know, Beware of those that use that word kingdom. There's a lot of Christians out there use that word kingdom. Kingdom now. You gotta build the kingdom. You gotta build it, take over all the sectors on earth, and then the king will come. No, the kingdom gets established by the king when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. That's the second coming. That's Revelation chapter 19. So, we're conned. Many Christians are conned into building up their own kingdom here on the planet. You know what that is? Self-worship. A lot of Christians don't know that. Theologically, it's self-worship. They are their own God. They are their own Lord. And at the end of the day, they wonder why they can't hear from God. They wonder why God's not bringing fruit, real fruit, lasting fruit through their lives. It could be that they're worshiping themselves and trying to build up you know, my kingdom here. So if we're only setting our minds on the things of the flesh, then you're living according to the flesh. Somebody here might need to know that. And if you're always setting your minds on the things of the Spirit, then you're going to live according to the Spirit. You're going to walk according to the Spirit. By the way, there's some great books of the Bible and chapters that are good complementary passages. I'm going to show you one of them here, if it's here. Yep. Galatians 5. You could turn there if you wish. It's on the screen also. If you're going to turn there from Romans chapter 8, make a right turn and go to the book called Galatians. Just a couple books from where you are. Galatians chapter 5, I want you to know where it is in the Bible. Romans 8 is a great chapter to teach us about flesh versus spirit. 7 and 8. Galatians 5 is another great flesh versus spirit chapter. 
Galatians chapter 5 covers this flesh versus spirit battle. So Galatians 5 verse 16, here's what it says. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what's the how? Remember he asked in chapter 7, the how is not a how, it's really a who. It's the person, Jesus Christ. So as I focus on Jesus Christ, and now I'm a Christian walking in the strength of Christ, this chapter 8, verse 1, right? I need to walk according to the Spirit, not according to my flesh. Well, what does that mean? Well, here it gets more descriptive in Galatians chapter 5. Again, verse 16, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, those desires of the flesh, whatever they are. It could be sexual immorality. It could be drugs, alcohol, partying lifestyle, all the above. Those are the things of the flesh. That was me. God delivered me. Verse 17, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. It sounds very similar to Romans 7 and 8, right? But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, you need to listen to this list, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Hey, any, anything that's, you know, sexual relations with someone outside the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman is sin. Whether it's adultery or fornication. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Being jealous is a thing of the flesh. Yeah, we all have to deal with that, right? Outbursts of wrath. That's just not just anger, but outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions. Oh boy. Every one of us has fleshly selfish ambitions. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. Notice he says there, and the like. What is that? It's like an etc. clause. There's a lot of stuff just like this. Pretty easy to tell, right? And the like. I mean, he'd probably need a couple more chapters just to describe everything in the flesh for the most part. And they still exist today. It says, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, listen to this, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So someone thinks, oh, but I'm, it's okay. God knows. We're just shacking up. No, you're in sin. So what does it say here? Well, first of all, that person needs to confess their sins to God and repent, turn away. Okay. Notice it says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. That person saved? If so, they're going to have that conviction. Okay. And what do you need to do? Get off that hamster wheel. Stop living according to the flesh. But obey God's spirit. Or else, this is the way for success in life. The only way. Right? Or else you're stuck on that hamster wheel. It's like, You'll be here. You'll keep coming to churches like this. A decade goes by, 10 years. You're still stuck on the hamster wheel. You've got nowhere in life. In fact, you may have backslid even more. No traction with God. And that hurts my heart because that was me. I'd rather be your friend and loving neighbor and say, you got to get off that hamster wheel. you got to obey God's spirit and stop obeying selfish flesh because you're going nowhere. And if you're like me, my, my body's breaking down. I'm getting older. My knees are like all messed up too. It's like hard to walk upstairs. Like, I don't got that much time. I don't want to waste time anymore. Okay, so he says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just confess your sins to the Lord. Confess and repent from them. Turn to him. And he can refresh your heart and life. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Do you belong to Christ? If you belong to Messiah Jesus, you belong to him, then guess what? You've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You're still going to have to deal with it, but you need to deal with it through the strength and empowerment that he gives you. Amen? Don't deal with it on your own. Oh, I can handle this. I'm good. No, you're not. You're actually the worst one because <laughs> you're stuck in this in a pride thinking you can do it on your own. It doesn't work. So either God's a liar, which he's not, or we are, right? And I need to confess my sins to him and embrace his word of truth. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. This is just like Romans 7 and 8, right? Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. All right, let's go back to Romans 8 here. Again, we're looking at the fact, and we're going to have to close here in just a bit. Looking at the fact, like in verse 5, that how can I tell if I'm living according to the flesh, the self-willed life, or if I'm being led by God's Spirit, throwing this thought out there. What do you set your mind on? Is it always or mostly the things of God, the things of eternity, the things of the Spirit? Or is it just, oh, i got to check my 401k. Oh, i got to look at my portfolio. Or my job. Or i got to study because I need this and that. Or i got to go do this. And it's all these temporary things. After you die, the things of eternity will matter and the things that are temporary your bank account the clothes you wear everything your dentures whatever you got right everything i don't have dentures by the way but whatever you got that's temporary that's earthly you die and it stays you don't take your money with you you don't take your friends with you unless they're boarding and christians so there is a hell after we die the bad news is that those that do not have their faith and trust in Jesus Christ being the Savior for their sins, they're going to choose to go there, to follow the devil. There's a place called hell. And that's like jail. That's not the final place. Like Just like being in jail, you're already tormented. Being in jail, even here on Rikers Island, you're waiting, you're going back and forth between Rikers Island or the jail and the judge until your case is settled. You're already being tormented. You already lost freedom. And then if that person has been convicted and they have to serve a sentence, especially two years or more, they get transferred out of the city or a county, which here in New York City is like county, okay, Rikers Island. They get sent, and we, we know here in downstate, we say this term, that that person got sent what? Upstate, Right? They got sent upstate. They're mandated upstate right away because I came out of corrections. Upstate, what does that mean? Oh, okay. That means they got passed out of the county or the city, out of a jail, and now they're a convicted criminal, so to speak, according to the jurisdiction, and now they went to a New York State penitentiary, a prison, where they serve their sentence. That's a great analogy of what happens after we die. After we die, the bad news is my sins need to be paid for. And if they're not paid for by Christ Jesus, I die and I, I get placed in hell right away, already in torment. 
And then on judgment day, uh, the great white throne judgment, you're going to have Christ Jesus on the throne. Now that judgment, anybody that's not written in the Lamb's book of life will be placed into a place that's called what? The lake of fire. That's like prison, eternal prison. It's also a picture of marriage. Those that don't want to be eternally joined, eternally married with Jesus Christ, there is a divorce. There is a separation. What is that called? The lake of fire. They don't want to be married eternally with Jesus, the Son of God. Okay, so my encouragement to everybody here, because I don't know where everybody's at, that you would choose to disobey, to rebel against your flesh, and choose to follow God in the Spirit. Okay, that that wouldn't be your, your future. And the good news is, God the Father sent His only Son, Jesus, the Messiah, who loves you and died on the cross for your sins. But you don't know what He did. He died for all your sins. And then He rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. And that you would trust Him as your only Savior and turn away from your sins. Confess your sins. Turn away from your sins and ask Him to forgive you and come into your life and he will. And these things that we're discussing now, they are going to be part of what you go through. Amen? You Christians know what I'm talking about, right? He comes into your life and like, whoa, you're like, your eyes are wide open now. It's like being on the roller coaster. Whoa, I didn't know this is what I was going through in life. He opens up your heart and your eyes to it. So you need to, verse 5, you need to live according to the Spirit and have your mind set on the things of the Spirit. I'm going to read in Colossians 3 as we close. Let's all stand, please. Can we? Colossians chapter 3. We're running out of time. I'm just going to end it for now. Uh, I want to encourage you to keep coming in. Colossians chapter 3 is a great one to be able to focus on. A great, uh, Another great complimentary passage to what we're looking at in Romans 7 and 8. I won't have it on display here. If you guys want to turn to it, you can. It's Colossians chapter 3. To the right of the book of Romans, or you could just listen along. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Ah, it says here in verse 8, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy language out of your mouth. Well, that was a tough one for me. But the Lord, praise God, He helped clean me up. He cleaned you up. Amen? Amen. He does that. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created Him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, 
put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17 as we close. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father in heaven, we thank you for your holy word. And Lord, oh, I know that so many of us are going through this Romans 7 loop and we have to stop condemning ourselves. But the scriptural solution is we need to walk according to your spirit. We need to obey, rebel against our flesh and obey you, Lord, that we would follow your choices in life. And Lord, I know that you're speaking to the hearts here. You're illuminating things in their lives right now that you want them to do. I ask, Father, that you would greatly convict our hearts, that we would choose to say no to the things of the flesh, no matter what they are. That we would say yes to you, that we would rebel against our flesh, rebel against those evil desires, that we would obey you, and that we would follow you. We want to be spirit-led, no longer led by ourselves. God, help us to die to our dreams, die to those goals, those ambitions that each of us has, that we can live out your life that you intend for us to walk in. It's the only way, God, for us to have what we might call happiness or joy. There's only one way. We must embrace your will. But in order to do that, Lord, we have to die to our own self-will. But we can only do that through the strength and power that you give us. So, Father, I ask for the person or people here that are really struggling through this passage, this in their walks right now, God, that you would help them, that they would rebel against their flesh and that they would embrace your spirit. But empower each of us, God, that we could walk according to the mandates of your spirit and no longer listen to the mandates, those commands and demands of our flesh, God. And we need to walk a crucified life with you daily, He said, if anyone wants to come after you, let him deny self, take up a cross daily, and follow you. Lord, we want to follow you. But we can't do it embracing self and your spirit. It's either one or the other. Help us, God, to choose a rebel against our flesh, that we would be led by your spirit. Empower us, Father, for we ask in the name of all names, in the name of Jesus Christ we ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.